0: is that I live in a chapter house, um, the one on Cuba Street, um, and that chapter house is full of awesome people, and one of the practices we hold um, for our flat is that on Wednesdays we always are home, and we always put on heaps of extra kai, and we invite people over. Sometimes people just invite themselves over, and they just show up, and that's awesome. Um, And this particular Wednesday, we had our friend Jarden over and Jarden and I were shooting the breeze at the end of the table and I was like, man, Jarden, you must be like one of the oldest blueprinters because you were around ages ago and then you kind of went away and then you came back again and so Jarden started spinning some stories about kind of blueprint back in the back in the day when he was first around and um, I thought, kind of was thinking about it and thinking about um, the lectionary reading which is, um, the lectionary is this way that you can journey through the Bible in the course of, I think it's, so every year or every couple of years? Every three years, every three years. So they break it up into little chunks and they give you a bit of Bible to read each day and you can journey in three years through the, the whole Bible. And so there's a few different passages for today and I was reading the passage for today and I was thinking about um, kind of Jardin's Yarns, about like where Blueprint's been and his experience and then I was thinking like we're in giving October and we're thinking about where we're heading as a community and about being resourced for that. And I thought um, as we look forward. Um, it's cool to look back and I thought what better person than Jardin to come up and spin some yarn. So would you give a really <laughs> big applause as I invite Jaden up. <laughs> spin us the yarns bro, you can take your mask off. Okay.
1: Hello. So I started fluffing around Blueprint about 10 years ago and um, yep. <laughs> and back then there was a flat called the Goat Shed, and it was, I think, thir- thirteen or fourteen um guys living in this one student flat. And every Sunday night they'd have a roast, and they'd throw a huge roast. And one Saturday night I was at a party, and I met someone called Susie Harris, and she invited me over to the the next night to this big roast. And it was kind of a, a day like this, uh, sunny, and they were playing cricket on the road. And Scotty had a uh, some road cones in a, in a lollipop, and he was turning traffic away on Owen Street. <laughs> <laughs> and as I walked up the street, I go, I wonder if this is it. And I heard him say, you can go around the block and get to Daniel Street that way and to the traffic, so, and, yeah, and it was good to get involved with a cool church community, because um, when I was a teenager, I'd had a pretty intense encounter with God. Um, My friend, uh, my best friend at high school, he'd become a drug addict, and stopped going to school, and we stopped hanging out, and he started hanging out with gangs and stuff, and I was worried about him, and I went along to my friend's church, and um, the pastor said, does anyone want to pray for anyone? And I thought, "Oh, yeah, whatever, this probably won't work. But So we um, prayed for him, and a year later I was cleaning out my drawers at home, and I found my school diary, and I looked through and I thought, I wonder what I was doing this time last year. And it said, go to my friend's church um 3 p.m on a Sunday and I looked at the time and it was 3 p.m and I thought that's funny um I was uh, I wonder like yeah and um at that exact moment the doorbell rang and it was my friend and he said um hey uh, I miss you I haven't seen you for ages I just wanted you to know that um I've cleaned my act up and I've got a job and I'm not a drug addict anymore. And and it was, yeah. <laughs> and he had a girlfriend that was doing all his washing, so. <laughs> 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 and I didn't mention that a year before I'd prayed for him and I'd just been looking at the diary and it said, this time last year, so yeah. And then I got involved in Blueprint and there were people like Marsha who liked cycling so much that she'd walk five blocks in the opposite direction to get her bicycle (laughs) instead of walking one block to get to to the goat shed. Um. Right, that's it, thanks.
0: good. So, so good. Um, Cool. Thanks, bro. That's so awesome. Um, It's just so good to share share stories and to remember where God's been faithful. Um, Who was here last Sunday? I guess not literally here. That would be nobody. But who was on the Zoom last Sunday? A few people. Awesome. So Scotty spoke and he was talking about proclaiming the good news and he gave us um, like three different ways to respond. And one of those ones was to take the time to remember and to look back on a time God has been faithful um, and to really like reconnect um, with that story of like, well, God, um, that was a, a time and a place that you showed up. So thank you so much, Jaden, for um, yeah, modeling that and sharing that with us. It's so encouraging um, to ourselves to look back and be like, wow, yeah, that was that was a moment with God. Um, but it's also cool to share those things together. So um, yeah, just, a, just an encouragement and a reminder to you, um, Yeah, if you hadn't had the chance this week to like um, take the step forward with the thing that stood out from last week around getting prayer or um, spending some time um, in scripture or spending some time kind of writing out a story of where God has met with you. Just encouragement to pick up um, that arco from last week that was laid down um, and to take that forward. And um, yeah, maybe an additional challenge for the week could be um, thinking about sharing that with somebody like, oh, this is what I'm journeying with. Um, maybe share one of those stories or something. Cool. Um, so yeah, tonight we're gonna we're gonna have this reading um, from Mark ten, um, which I'm gonna invite Tommy or Brock or both of them maybe. Um, oh, surely um, to to read for us, just so you guys don't get heaps and heaps of my voice. So um, if you have a Bible with you or a Bible app, we are in um, Mark chapter ten. And we're starting at verse 17. Oh, shot, brookie, so good. Um, so it's just yeah, okay. and to the end of the section. Very small font. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the message, so the numbers are sneaky. Oh. They're hiding them in this oh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's
2: just this bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's called To Enter God's Kingdom. As he went out into the street, a man came running up, greeted him with great reverence and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, Why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Honour your mother and father and mother. He said, Teacher, I have, from my youth, kept them all. Jesus looked him hard in the eye and loved him. He said, There's one thing left. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth, and come follow me the man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear and he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. Looking at his disciples, Jesus said, do you have any idea how difficult it is for people who have it all to enter God's kingdom? The disciples couldn't believe what they were hearing, but Jesus kept on. You can't imagine how difficult. I'd say it's easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for the rich to get into God's kingdom that got their attention. that's in italics, which is like quite fun that <laughs> then who has any chance at all? They asked. Jesus was blunt. No chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. every chance in the world if you let God do it. Peter tried another angle. We left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Mark my words. No one who sacrifices house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, land, whatever, because of me and the message will lose out. They'll get it all back, but multiplied many times in homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and land, but also in troubles. And then the bonus of eternal life. This is once again the great reversal. Many who are first will end up last and the last first. Back on the road, they set out for Jerusalem. Jesus had a head start on them, and they were following, puzzled, and not just a little afraid. He took the twelve and began again to go over what to expect next. Listen to me carefully. We're on our way up to Jerusalem. When we get there, the Son of Man will be betrayed to the religious leaders and scholars. They will sentence him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Romans, who will mock and spit on him, give him the third degree, and kill him. After three days, he will rise alive.
0: Awesome. Praise to Christ the Word. <laughs> yeah, let's give it up. Let's give it up for the for the, the Bible. <laughs> it's great, Jess. So good. So, yeah, that is, that is a booty reading. So this is um, Jesus' kind of last big teaching moment before they, like, head imminently to Jerusalem. Um, and the disciples are still really, like, confused around... Um, like, what's going on? Um, but yeah, this was our lectionary reading today, and that's the joy of the lectionary. It means you um, can't just skip over the hard bits, because <laughs> it's like, there it is. Um, but I was reading that, and I thought, oh, I actually think this is really, like, a timely, cool passage to explore. At least for me, um, it feels like that, and I think, um, yeah, I think there's something here for us. So, I think there are there are three things we can notice in this passage. Um The first thing is that um, this man that approaches Jesus says, good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? So this man approaches Jesus um, wanting to know, like, what was his responsibility, kind of um, coming with the sense of, um, like, almost like, I can do it, like, what must I do? I kind of think I've been a good guy, I've done all these cool things, like, almost sort of implying, like, I think I've kind of got it, like, what must I do? But like, you know, I've done a lot of good things. Um, we, we read um, him saying, um, teacher, I have for my youth, I've kept them all. So this guy um, has been like really diligent, really studious in keeping God's law and following um, the rules and, and kind of ticking the boxes with God. And Jesus says to him, like, even that, um, I'm going to ask you to do this really challenging thing, which you feel like is beyond you, and then to follow me. And then the man walks away sad. And we we don't know, maybe Jesus meets the man again. Um, We don't know how the story ends with him. But in his explanation with the disciples, they're feeling really crestfallen about this. They're like, man, how can can anyone um, make it? Like, that seems like an impossible task. And Jesus says to them, There's no chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself and every chance in the world if you let God do it. So the first thing that Jesus is pointing out is that um, it's only by grace that we can get into the kingdom of God. It's only um, by our our trust in God which um, enables us to approach, enables us to enter into the life and the abundance of Jesus. And that's um, like quite contrary thinking for this guy who thought that he could make his way in, he could earn his way in. But Jesus is saying it's, it's got to be with God. It's got to be by God's way, only by grace. And yet there's also this tricky thing where Jesus is making the point that there is something for us to own because he says to the man, I mean, he lays down a massive challenge and says, go sell whatever you have and give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth and come follow me. And when he's talking with his disciples about this, he says, do you have any idea? Oh no, it says, sorry, no, this is the bit that I want to say. Um, this The man thought this was the last thing he expected to hear and he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. And then Jesus says, do you have any idea how hard it is for people um, to get into the kingdom when they're unwilling to let go. There's this thing of the letting go um, that is necessary. So there's there's a couple of things going on. There's the grace, but there's um, the fact that at some point we have to let go in order to receive that grace. And that, that letting go sometimes is a costly letting go. And that the letting go... Um, in this case, for this man who, who sounds like had a lot of possessions, he's saying, you need to let go of those possessions and come follow me. And that almost like the letting go um, and the not being entangled with um, the things that he was holding really tight to was what would liberate him to follow Jesus. And so I think for all of us, these ongoing invitations that God gives us to to let go to things that we're holding on tight to in order for us to follow Jesus. So first thing that's happening, it's only by grace. It's only um, by God's provision. But the second thing is there's a a letting go we must do in order to step into God's flow of grace and that God will highlight that to us. In this instance with this man, it was his his riches. And we know that, um, yeah, Riches and relationships and career and security are all things that can be hard for us to let go. But in in different seasons, God calls us um, to let go and to follow him in those things. And that, um, yeah, from there, we see that Jesus talks with the disciples about how they have let go of different things to follow him. And he promises, yeah, you guys have, have given up um, your relationships with your families. They're looking different right now because you chose to follow me. Your career as fishermen is like not looking the same way it was, seeing as you haven't been out on your boats. Um, there all sorts of things are looking different because you let go of them in order to follow me. And that letting go doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, so like the disciples would have never talked to their families again or never gone fishing again. But it was... Um, The priority was changed on them. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, so there was a kind of movement with those things. And so following Jesus is a call to radical love and to generosity is this kind of theme we see throughout this, that we follow Jesus and that requires us to let go of things that we hold tight and to be open-handed. That's what I took out of this anyway, reading it this morning. And... What I wanna share is like three little little micro stories of letting go um, that I've encountered lately. And then I wanna um, turn and look at the year we've just had as a community and where I feel like God's inviting us um, as we look ahead. So um, yeah, one story of letting go for me was um, a few years ago when I was working at the regional council and um, I wasn't actually, um, Worshipping here at the time I was part of another church, and um, I felt God inviting me. It was it was um, a time where I suddenly had way more money than I had had because my first job out of uni, and um, I felt God inviting me to um, let go of some of that money and to choose to tithe to that church, which was a little church out in the hut, and um, yeah, it was it was challenging, um, but it was also like really freeing, and I felt really grateful that um, God put that on my heart and just gave me a lot of joy in the letting go of that. So it's one story of letting go. Um, Another story of letting go was one I was reflecting on briefly um, with Alicia the other day. Alicia is my lovely flatmate and we were going for a walk and we were talking about um, relationships and I was reflecting on a season of life where um, I, well, yeah, I was kind of reflecting on a season of life around the time where Max and I got together, but was also thinking about some other like times before that with other relationships. And I, it caused me to remember that um, at times I've been quite unwilling to um, let go of like romantic relationships with God, but found that really hard to trust God in that space. Um, But that in several important ways, um, I needed to like actually talk with God and be like, God, I'm going to, Um, like, have open ears to listen to you. you, Can you guys think of an experience where, like, a friend has tried to give you advice, or you get the vibe that someone wants to share something with you, but you just don't want to hear it? Anyone think of that kind of thing? That's how I felt with God. It was like, I don't want to give you the space to speak to me, because I don't want to hear what you're going to say, because I don't trust that what you're going to say is going to be, you know, like, I just don't want to hear it. And the invitation from God was to actually let go um, in order to listen, in order to be open-handed. And in the multiple kind of ways that God has walked me through that in the last 10 years, (laughs) um, I have been definitely better off because of those instances, even though they were really arduous at the time. And so... Relationally letting go um, has been another challenge of my 20s. Um, this is like the greatest hits of Rose's 20s just right now. Um, and then a third little letting go is just like a really, really small, really ordinary letting go, which is that um, in our um, in our chapter houses, we just like put all our stuff into the same space and we just share all our things together. Um, do any of you guys have um, grandparents or older people you know who keep their nice stuff in a cupboard and never use it? Yeah. So we kind of, like, some people do that, and that's okay, but we kind of just put all nice stuff out there at the mercy of each other in chapters. And that is um, partially a form of letting go where you take a risk on the things that you care about, getting broken or getting stolen or getting, like, just a bit manky, <laughs> and um, it's been, it's been a, you know, just those small things, eh, where there's something that you, like, find precious, or whatever, and it's the small, like, when it gets broken, or whatnot, and then it's just like, oh, this is actually, like, this is sad, but this is okay, because I'm practicing letting go, and um, Jasmine, who is nearly my sister-in-law, <laughs> you um, I was I was staying with Jazz's folks um, over lockdown, and I was I was talking to um, Martin about the salad bowl that they have. And I was like, "Man, this is such a nice salad bowl." And he was like, "Yeah, we got given this as a wedding present." I was like, "Oh, that's so cool." He's like, "Yeah, it's quite it's quite good. It's like the only wedding present we have left. Like everything else has been like broken, stolen, like you know, whatever." And I was just like just cool, cool that we've still got the bowl, like, the bowl is still, like, it's still going strong, and, um, yeah, I just thought, ah, oh, like, you know, there probably were moments when, like, the crystal glasses got smashed, or when, like, the fry pan got just, like, taken off with, or whatever, where you were kind of like, ah, oh, that sucks, but, like, you know, the the priority was um, placed less on, like, the care of the precious things, and more on, showing hospitality and having all sorts of people through your house and just taking a risk of, like, when you use the stuff, it might get broken, and that's actually okay. And so, yeah, these are just, like, different little ways where God has um, invited me in the last while to um, let go <laughs> and to invite God's grace and to follow Jesus. And... Um, Ahead of this time of our kind of, like, giving October push, um, I invited about 10 or so blueprinters to pray around what are things that God might be speaking to us in this time. And um, a number of people prayed, and that's awesome, and some people prayed and said, oh, I feel like it's this, that God's speaking to us in this time. And um, what's super beautiful, I'm I'm just going to share one of them now, was around... um, was that a theme that came up was from Matthew 6. And Matthew 6, I started reading it, and I realized Matthew 6 has been the chapter of the Bible that God has been speaking to us all year. I don't know if anybody else has realized this. (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness. So... Matthew 6, we started this year with a journey around um, spiritual disciplines and um, spiritual practices that can enable us to connect with God. And um, the way we started that out was um, through Matthew 6.6. 6. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play with God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. So, we would read that scripture, and then someone would share with us a different spiritual practice that you could do in order to practice prayer. And so, we did some stuff around um, Lectio Divina and Visio Divina, and unless um, hosted like an imagination prayer thing. So, this was back in like January or February, Matthew 6 6. And then a few months later, I felt really like God was inviting us to. Um, explore like instead of worrying pray so the relationship between um um the things and the concerns that we hold dearly and um what it looks like to trust God with those and how those come up day day to day and um that's later on in Matthew 6 what part of it is it it is um from about verse 25 talking about um, not worrying about clothes, not worrying about food, not worrying about shelter, and looking at the birds and looking at the flowers and remembering, oh, God cares about all of these um, these other creatures, and God will provide for us, and to trust God with the, the worries of the day and to turn those worries into prayers. So that was kind of the last part of Matthew, um, Matthew 6. And then recently, we've been doing this series on, on the five marks of mission, which for about a year and a half I've been getting excited about. And we're like, "Me, we're going to do this series on mission. And then the thing that comes out of it is that the invitation is to prayer. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and we ended up doing this focus around the Lord's Prayer and how the Lord's Prayer is a way for us to um, pray for the, the difficult things that are happening in the world and to listen to Jesus' heart for the world. And so that's, that's also in Matthew 6. It's just everything's in here. Um, that's from about Matthew 6, 7 to 13. And the passage that came to mind um, for, it was, it was Brooke that sent me this word actually, um, was around where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, which is in Matthew 6. And she said, I think in this this time, God is wanting us um, to, yeah, we're talking about um, giving and money in October, but to see that in the wider context of this whole chapter where God is inviting us um, to come with freedom before God, to come with freedom um, in prayer, to enter into freedom from anxiety and worry, and to connect with Jesus in those things, that God is inviting us into a life um, where um, we're free from from idols and, um, I guess, like, making the things that we're not willing to let go of um, bigger than God. And um, God is inviting us to have our hearts turned afresh to Jesus, because prayer is about connecting with Jesus. And, um, yeah, I just felt like, man, this is like, just clicked for me this weekend. Like, looking back through this, I'm like, this has been what the vision of the year has been. It's Matthew 6, and I didn't even realize all these different little pieces. And so... Um, I feel like there's this ongoing invitation for us as a people to re-encounter and to rediscover joy in Jesus and to, um, that's going to involve some letting go in order to follow him, a letting go of the heart in order to follow where God's calling us. Um, and I just really want to encourage you guys, um, I've been reading Dirty Glory, um, this thing. I went to a talk a few years ago, and um, the guy was talking about how God gets our attention through our senses. And I've noticed that God gets my attention through my eyes. And sometimes I'll just notice something, and I'll think, "God, are you are you causing me to notice this for a reason?" And um, I was just walking through here the other the other week, um, and I noticed dirty glory. And then I remembered that earlier in the year, God had made me notice dirty glory, and I was like, "I think I." think you're trying to be like read the book. Um and there's this book about prayer. And um there's this beautiful part where Pete Gregg is talking about how um the the point of prayer is um is just is just Jesus. Like the point is just to um come closer to Jesus. And so I wish I'd brought the book up so I could read you the really good quote from Pete Gregg but I didn't. That's okay you guys can just get the book out. this is, this is the end of my cobbled together talk for tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just really want to encourage you guys um, to practice prayer and to when you, when you do manage to get into a space of prayer, because I think there's like an absolute battle on for our prayer lives at the moment, like every distraction will be thrown your way to prevent you from praying. Um, when you do um, pray, pray for others that they might be able to pray um, because there is just, like, so much going on to distract us from that, um, that time of being face-to-face with Jesus, that time of um, being eye-to-eye with Jesus. Um, yeah. So, that's what I want to say for this evening. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs>